Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. good does this feel this is unbelievable hello everybody here we are recording on a thursday posting on a thursday all is right in the world uh a special veterans day appreciate all of you out there tyfys and uh if you have the day off lucky you more time to listen to today's episode break down the jayhawks if you don't unfortunate but that's okay we appreciate you doing what you do and yes, we are finally doing an episode where there is action on the basketball court. This is amazing. It's a beautiful fall day. It's a little warm where I'm at, but that's okay. And it was just so refreshing. The sports world, the collective sports world, was lasered in on college basketball on Tuesday, and it felt so good. There were people in the stands, for better or for worse. Yes, the Coach K stuff made me throw up violently. He really couldn't wait for his own game, right? Or ESPN couldn't wait. They said, let's go to halftime of the other game, and we'll honor Coach K, not pregame of his, of his game. No, halftime of the one featuring two other teams that he's not even a part of, regardless. Oh, here it goes. I feel the, the bile rising already. Excuse me. Anyways, Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast home for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And here's what I believe. It, it's it's so nice to have college basketball as a mainstay. We've got we had some really nice games on Tuesday. You know, we had the Champions Classic, then the rest of the country featured a lot of fluff for the most part. Shout out Ohio State for barely surviving a home game against Akron. Go Zips. And then also shout out Virginia. Yes, a Virginia team ranked at the bottom of the rankings, but still losing a bye game at home. <laughs> Yikes. The Cavaliers not starting off well. The ACC, not a good look. The Big 12, by the way, started off strong. Everyone else in the conference took on cupcakes and patsies at least on Tuesday, and uh, things went well. Not so well in the Pac-12, you know, that power conference. That's part of the alliance. But overall, really fun. Uh, like I said, the, the main games were the Champions Classic, and it's really fun to be a part of the Champions Classic because, like I mentioned, the collective sports world pays attention to those games. And now, essentially, college basketball hibernation is going to set in again until March. It's unfortunate but it, it makes me really giddy that the Jayhawks performed as well as they did on Tuesday while people were paying attention before they shut off and come back to the sport late February into March, of course. Because the last thing a lot of people are going to see about KU is, oh, didn't they destroy like Michigan State or something at the beginning of the season? Why, yes, they did. A lot's happened since then, but they sure did. 
Holler at me your thoughts about what you saw, your collective thoughts on college basketball, how excited you may or may not be for Kansas, for the season in general, what have you, at JoeNasty90 on Twitter, at JonasN310 on the gram. So many of you let me know your thoughts after last week, after I lambasted, lambasted Bill Self. Just kidding. Uh, if you need me to repeat that, maybe you got lost last week. That's why I got a, a lack of, of commentary. It's at JoeNasty90 on Twitter. Write it down if you need. Now you know where to find me. Open 24-7. So here's the deal. Let's talk some hoops, shall we? Let's talk some Kansas Jayhawks basketball. Let's get this out of the way. Obviously, star of the show. Probably grabbed the second biggest headline of the evening behind the freshman of Duke. But what are you going to do? That was the headline game. And they stood out the brightest. Uh, Paolo Bancaro and then Keeley of Duke. Those were the freshmen and those were the stars sort of of the evening. But Ochai Abaji had a game for the ages, literally a career type of game, a career high in points as he scored 29 points, had two steals, one leading to the breakaway dunk, two rebounds, and one assist. But it was a scoring kind of night for Ochai. And you could say they needed it. Three players in double figures, 29 for Abaji, only 10 for McCormack, and 15 for Remy Martin, all of which in the second half, mind you. Zach Clements, in his debut, seven points. And Kansas ended up winning pretty comfortably. They opened up a seven-point lead at halftime, uh, a score that I thought flattered the Jayhawks a bit. But to get 39 points in game number one against a big-time opponent while the rest of the country were beating up on cupcakes and scoring at will, I thought was a pretty good sign of things to come. But on the flip side, you know, I still have a few concerns about the defense. And in fact, that's a pretty perfect segue into I've got the concerns I had coming into the game. And now I have thoughts coming out of this matchup against Michigan State. So my concerns coming in were first and foremost, yes, the defense. Were they answered? I'm not so sure. Giving up 74 points to what I thought was a pretty mediocre Michigan State team. Like they weren't even ranked coming into this game. And I know that's not a huge deal. But let's put that into context, right? When you are a program of the ilk, like Michigan State, just I don't I won't even waste your breath or listening time naming the four teams of the Champions Classic. But if you're those type of programs, Indiana, UCLA, right? Teams that bring in good players, teams that have cachet, teams that people are going to want to watch, Ohio State, Michigan, right? It's really not that difficult to be at least, at the very least, ranked, right? 25 teams. I know that's out of 300 or so teams nationwide, but if you're bringing in the type of talent and you have the kind of cachet and the coaching ability of someone, say, like, I don't know, Tom Izzo, it's not that big of a deal to have a little 24 next to your name, perhaps. I'm not saying top 10, top 5, but this Michigan State team, not even ranked, Thought they were pretty mediocre. A.J. Hogard, excellent game. And I'll give Kansas's defense credit somewhat in containing Joey Hauser, who only scored eight points. 
and he's a dead eye shooter. Went one from three from three point range, but I thought he missed some open shots as well. Shots that you would expect Joey Hauser to make the transfer from Marquette. Hogard was excellent, 17 points. Marble had 13. He was solid as, I don't know, marble. So to give up 74 points to that group of Spartans doesn't leave you feeling wonderfully about Kansas's defense. But they scored 87. They scored 39 points in the first half. They scored 48 points in the second half. 87 total. Again, 87 points. An offense that's still figuring itself out. All the pieces still clicking, which I'll get to in just a moment, especially the one big piece or the second big piece. Against a gritty Michigan State team. Mediocre, but gritty. You know, There's worse things, there's worse results to come out than scoring just an eyelash short of 90 in your first competitive game in that stage with a lot of guys in new roles, what have you. But defensively, I still got question marks. I think that's fair. To Bill Self's credit, he did start DeWan Harris, like you mentioned. And I'll say this. I thought DeWan Harris was pretty off the spotlight, like you didn't really notice DeWan Harris a lot, which is perfect. That's a good game for DeWan Harris. Six points, three of seven shooting, missed his one free throw, four assists, took a lot of the number one point man defensive coverage on the perimeter. Good floor general type of game for DeWan Harris. We're not sitting here right now saying, Man, the offense really got bogged down considering they laid off DeWan Harris the whole time. You know, DeWan Harris was really forcing things offensively. No, quite the opposite. There's nothing to talk about, and that's perfect. My other concern coming in was Remy Martin fitting in, right? That was the storyline coming off of the exhibition game last week. And again, I would have to say the grade on that is incomplete whatever mediocre would be, like B minus, right? C plus. Surface level, if you didn't watch the game, you check the box score. Ooh, Remy Martin. How'd he fit in? 27 minutes, okay. 15 points, not too shabby for his debut. Six rebounds, nice. Five of nine shooting, didn't really force it, did he? No, he didn't. He didn't score in the first half. So 15 points in the second half. There you go. There's a little potential. You kind of got the idea. But I... Actually, I'm not even sure if he even took a shot in the first half. So that's why I give it an incomplete. How did he fit in? Maybe a little bit too much in the first half. And then I think he got the idea because there was no shots there in the second where he scored his 15 points where I thought, that's a force. That's not needed. No, it was all relatively within the flow. So maybe Remy Martin, first half, big moment, big stage, Madison Square Garden. Staring down the barrel at Michigan State. You know, maybe he was deferring a little bit too much. So I'd say the question about Remy Martin fitting in. eh? The numbers look good on a surface level, like a veneer. But there's still a little decay underneath. Still some things to work out. Still got to brush those teeth. But could be worse, right? 15 points on an off night. 
Ooh, okay. And then I think my biggest concern, and I think this won't come as a shock after I say it to those who listen relatively religiously, but I was worried about player development, right? What was Kansas's biggest issue last year? You bring back a pretty good amount of players from a 2020 team that was not even arguably the best team in the country. Yes, you lose Azubuki. Yes, you lose Devon Dotson, who were your engine, who were the team. They were truly the driving forces of that team. But you brought back guys who were no strangers to the program and no strangers to success. And, of course, last year was wildly disappointing for a variety of reasons. Part of the reason was a lack of player development. Now, I would say the standard bearer and the guy we were really eyeballing in terms of player development was Ochayabaji. And, ta-da, 29 points. Coming off the back of an episode last week where I said, I think Ochayabaji looks a little, a little bit sharper, right? The jumper looked a little tighter. He just looked a little bit more pro-ish. And that certainly bore itself out in this game. Player development, bingo. Is he going to score close to 30 every game? Probably. No. No, of course not. You can't expect that. But if he's going to be a double-digit score, if he's going to be around 20, 15 to 20 points every night, if he's going to be assertive, putting his head down, getting to the rack, very cool. Eight free throws for Ochai Baji. That's a huge key right there. Eight for eight, by the way. So that's a sign that Abaji was aggressive, that he was a little bit more pro-ish. The jumper looked good. So far, so good. Passed with flying colors for Ochai Abaji in terms of player development. Who took their offseason and truly got better, which is the hallmark of Bill Self's success over the years. Program guys always getting better up to the next year. You think when Devontae Graham came in as a freshman, we all were sitting there being like, Look at that scrawny little kid. He's going to be a program hero, and he's going to lead a team to a Final Four in a couple of years. No, of course not. He just developed. And that didn't necessarily happen last year. And in terms of this season, unfortunately, that's still a little bit of a question mark. David McCormack appears to be the same. Which, if that's the same McCormack from the last half of last season, Sure, I will take that. A guy who averaged about 15 points per game. But 4 of 11 shooting for a guy who shoots within 6 feet of the rim. He had one extended jumper. I remember it was like a step or two inside the line at the end of the clock. Okay, I'll give you that one. But 10 points and David McCormack only had 2 rebounds? Come on. Uh, Christian Brown led the team in rebounds with eight. That's not something you want to see. So McCormack appeared to be the same. Again, a guy who steps off the bus and you're like, holy Toledo. Watch out for this guy. But no, he's still fading away for the most part. On his jumpers or on his jump hooks. Still a little too easy to go at under the basket. I mean, who was that big fella for Michigan State? His name is escaping me right now, but so much length. And he sort of outskilled David McCormack 
in terms of post-play. Christian Brown, I thought he had a terrible game. I did. Six points, the eight rebounds, so very nice. He got his nose in there. I've called him the best rebounding guard I've seen under Bill Self. That's That bears itself out right here. But it's not so much just the shooting numbers, 0 for 2 from 3, 3 of 7, 6 points, like I said. No free throws. I thought the decisions were terrible. I thought he looked as lost as he did last year. I thought he looked as inconsistent as he did last year. And again, this is one game. But with the depth on this year's team, when Jalen Wilson comes back, and if Jalen Wilson's development has come through, Christian Brown, as of right now, is a guy in minutes that I am eyeballing. I think it should be. If at worst Christian Brown plays this year as a spot-up shooter on the outside and a guy who plays hard-nosed defense and rebounds above his position, if at worst that's his year, I will take that. What I do not want to see out of him, and I'm speaking like a disappointed dad, which he could give to you-know-what's about. I know he doesn't care about my opinion. But if he's going to be driving, if he's going to be wildly throwing the ball around, flailing around, only taking two three-pointers and missing both, one was an air ball, that's that's not a winning recipe for Kansas. And they still scored 87 points, but that, of course, came with a career high from another player. And on top of that, who else in terms of player development? Oh, Mitch Lightfoot. I mean, look, he's the same player also. Like, I'm not going to bother with Mitch. He's still playing center at 6'6". Yes, he had some fun blocks. Yes, he played his position well. He was in the right spot. Whatever. It is what it is with Mitch. Of course, Cam Martin right before the game redshirted. Relatively shocking. That means that Bill Self is going to go with Zach Clements. He's going to go with KJ Adams as the extra bigs, as the third and fourth bigs. Jalen Wilson, of course, will come in. He'll be a stretch four. But look, Mitch is Mitch. This is his 82nd year in the program. And I thought KJ Adams, in four minutes of play, shone very brightly. No points even. But that guy is a pogo stick. And I also learned he's a great lacrosse player. But KJ Adams brings you a little something that Kansas doesn't have on the rest of the roster. That is elite athleticism. That is a guy who uses that athleticism with unbridled joy and willing to bounce around to go after every loose ball. And you need that a lot. It's not going to be a sharp night every single game. This was one in hopefully 40 games leading up to a championship game. And sometimes you just need a little injection of energy, right? So I just, I just hope that Bill, Bill Self's, one of his biggest weaknesses, on top of what I talked about last week, one of his biggest weaknesses is he would rather go with the tried and true and trusting someone, knowing they're going to be in the exact correct place when they need to be at somewhat a detriment of athleticism and just, I don't know, Let's call it athleticism. Let's call it magic. He would rather have Christian Brown. He'd rather have Mitch Lightfoot. 
because he's going to trust they will be where they're supposed to be. And if a physical mistake happens, so be it. If Christian Brown is where he needs to be and he misses a three, it's okay. If Mitch Lightfoot is where he's supposed to be going for a rebound, playing defense, and he just gets dominated physically because he's too short and not athletic enough, so be it. Bill Self would rather have that trust factor, whereas I'd love for him to maybe just take away a little bit of time here or there for that trust factor. And maybe, maybe let's go for a little bit more of sparkle, a little bit more magic, a little bit more of who knows, right? Because the beauty of the game is the unknown. What can someone pull out of their behind that leaves you saying, wow. KJ Adams has a little sparkle dust up his, you know what? I think Bobby Pettiford has a little bit of sparkle dust. I thought he had an excellent game as well, Bobby Pettiford. Clearly is the future at guard for Kansas. 11 minutes, five points, but you could feel the impact. So, again, this is one of hopefully 40. Christian Brown, next game against Tarleton State, mind you, could come out and score 27 points of his own, and that's awesome. But I was more worried about not just the jumper looking a little bit broken. I was more worried about the decision-making. And that's not a physical issue. If that's how you're wired and those are the decisions you're making, that's a little bit harder to rectify. Mitch Lightfoot was where he needed to be every time. He had some beautiful fundamental layups. The blocks were fun. The social media content was fun with him staring down guys after those blocks. But we know how that's going to go. And because of that, one of my thoughts coming out of this game and one of my worries, to be honest, is how Kansas is going to deal with length leading to how is Kansas going to deal with rebounding? Part of defense, and this is a cliche, and I'm taking this straight off of a broadcast, part of playing defense is finishing that possession all together now with a rebound. Kansas was out-rebounded in this game, only by seven, sure, but they gave up 10 offensive rebounds, and I felt... Just about every single possession, they were battling and having to scrap along with Michigan State. It is in the Spartans' DNA to get gritty and grimy and go for offensive boards, sure. But then I saw Duke walk out there with their length. Paulo Bancaro, uh, the center they had whose arms went out for days. Theo John. Duke walked out there. We know Texas is coming out with some athleticism. Kansas is going to play Kentucky, and they know all about Oscar Shibway, who went after every single offensive rebound. Goes back to his days with West Virginia. I worry a little bit. I do. And this is essentially the Kansas team we're going to get. Jalen Wilson will come in, so that's a bit more length. You add him to the starting lineup. That's a bit more length than, say, Christian Brown, Dewan Harris. But I've never looked at Jalen Wilson and thought, yes, that's a top rebounder right there. And again, David McCormack, two rebounds the entire game, none of which were defensive rebounds. I worry about KU a little bit against length. I do. It's a different game these days. It's long jumpers. It's not a ton of post work. 
But if Dave McCormack and Mitch Lightfoot and slow-footed Zach Clements and young and raw and inexperienced KJ Adams are the big guys you're throwing out there, it could be at times a little bit painful inside, I think, for the Jayhawks. Phrasing. My other thought coming out of this game, though, damn, this team is deep. This team is deep. Joseph Yesefu, Yesefu, only six minutes, no points. This is a guy who played very well for Drake last year and played very well in the exhibition game. Clements had his moments. It was good to see. If they're going to choose Clements over, over Cam Martin, those are the moments you want to see. You want to see that stretch ability. You want to see him knock down those threes, which he did. He hit one. Pettiford, can't wait to see this guy develop. Yeah, he's going to have some freshman moments. His minutes are probably going to get cut down a lot once Big 12 play comes into play. And how about Jalen Coleman lands? That's a smooth stroke. That is a smooth stroke. And for a guy who missed a lot of training and a guy who didn't necessarily really get a chance to blend in for the most part, he had a foot injury, I think he had a toe injury actually. He came right in, five points, one three-pointer made, but it was a smooth stroke. I see a potential Isaiah Moss-like impact. Yes, Moss came in from Iowa. Coleman Land's coming from Iowa State. The parallels are too crazy. But he's got size. And if he plays a lick of defense, I'd love to see a lot more Jalen Coleman Land's because that shot is going to play. And I think he's got the ability to potentially rescue KU in a couple games where maybe the shooting's a little flat. Maybe I'm looking a bit too much into it for a guy who scored five points. But for someone who's rounding into form, still figuring it out, and a guy who's legitimately like 25, 26 years old, <laughs> like there's not going to be a moment too big for him in the college game. I loved just watching him shoot. Real clean stroke. So those are my thoughts. And look, those are the thoughts coming out. A lot's either going to get smoothed out or it's not going to make a huge difference because Kansas really has a really soft part of the schedule coming up here. Preseason, it happens to everyone. But you have this moment against Michigan State. And here we go. Tarleton State, Stony Brook, North Texas. Although North Texas is at a neutral location. And actually that starts up that Thanksgiving tournament. So KU will have a couple tough games mixed in after North Texas, potentially Alabama, right? But the next three are not so tough. And then you escape from Orlando, go to St. John's, or I should say they face St. John's in Queens, and then UTEP. And then Mizzou. That's right. So this is sort of the soft underbelly of Kansas' schedule at the moment. Tarleton State, the fighting Tarletons. Still have no idea what their mascot is. Their logo is a big T on the state of Texas. They were saying, shouldn't you remember from last year? I thought that too. But you may not remember that Kansas and Tarleton State had their game canceled last year. Ooh, yes, last year was so rough. It really sucked. 
So that's Tarleton, Stony Brook, it's North Texas in Orlando. Gets a little grimier from there. And then on to New York. Again, Kansas really making a home on the East Coast. They're in that old swamp by the Atlantic. Those are my thoughts. Let me know yours. Hard not to be pretty positive. On a night of college basketball's return, where we saw some big-time programs have trouble, like Ohio State and Virginia, and a couple other close wins, especially in the Pac-12. Everyone else manhandling cupcakes. If you're going to play these big games, you're going to be the focus of the nation. feels really good, of course, to come out of it with a really convincing win and a lot to build on. I think Bill Self, he, I mean, look, he gave the, the usual quotes afterwards. We're not we're tough to scout us because we don't even know what we are yet, I think is what he said. And you heard the halftime interview. Loved how the freshmen were playing. Loved the young guys. You know, still figuring out a lot, blah, blah, blah. A lot to build on. 87 points with everything not clicking. Could be worse. We're going to nitpick. That's what we do. That's what I do. <laughs> and we move on. I do really quickly want to touch on that Duke-Kentucky game really quickly because part of what made me worried about Kansas's depth is just watching Paolo Bancaro. My God. I, I, it's not fair to anyone to compare them to Kevin Durant. But look, Kevin Durant's the most unique score we'll ever see in basketball, except that maybe he's created – a new breed of 6'10", 6'9", you know, 6'11 guys who can handle the ball and shoot it purely because, my goodness, Bancaro looked like that kind of player. Tall, ball handler, not the slickest ball handler, but you're just not used to seeing it at that size. And the shooting was clean. A little consistent, yes. He's going to dominate college and college players. And... I thought the most impressive freshman, though, was Keeley for, for Duke, the, the, the point guard. You look at him, my God, that, he looked like a junior. He looked like a grown man. Filled out body, full beard, long hair. There's no way. I thought that was a transfer until they started talking about this new freshman, Keeley, the point guard. It's like, good Lord. And the length along with Bancaro, the center, made me a little bit worried. What made me laugh, though, was Ty Ty Washington. Wow, we had a bad game. Am I petty? You bet. <laughs> His shooting percentages were terrible. Uh, Kentucky's going to make noise, of course, but Severe Wheeler, the other point guard, the off guard, or sorry, Ty Ty's probably the off guard. Wheeler is the shorter, diminutive, point guard who I don't think Kentucky's expecting a lot of scoring from, but he had to carry them because it was a rough shooting night for the Wildcats. They were shooting around 30% in the first half. Yes, first game jitters, playing at what looks to be an underrated Duke team in Madison Square Garden. Kentucky will surely be fine, but that's I mean, a really interesting game when Kansas plays them late January. Of course, both teams are going to be wildly different, but Ty Ty was terrible. Ta terrible. But he looks to have all the athletic ability in the world. Really interesting game to watch. 
the final score I thought did not reflect how the game went. Duke just looked more in control, more ability, and they just didn't have that ability to really put Kentucky away until later. And then Kentucky sort of carved into that lead later on. I think I've got a little time. I was going to do the Baylor Big 12 preview. I don't know. Here's the thing about Baylor. And this, this will serve as their Big 12 preview so we can continue onward with the season from here on out. Who do they lose? Everyone. This is the defending national champions. Congratulations. They deserved it. Despite how you feel about you know, Scott Drew, which I have a lot of feelings about Scott Drew, they were an excellent team. They were an excellent team two seasons ago now. They were a wonderful team last year. You go 28-2. and two, You have one conference loss all season to Kansas. You deserve it. The thing is, they hung their hat the last two seasons on amazing defense. Spearheaded, of course, by Davion Mitchell, who, surprise, surprise, is doing it big in the NBA for the Sacramento Kings. He's a nightmare, but not surprised. Macy Oteague is gone. Jared Butler's gone. Mark Vidal is gone. Those are the names we've certainly learned to, I wouldn't say love, but watch and perhaps respect. But they do bring back a lot. They do. Adam Flagler will step into the starting rotation. He's a sharpshooter. Had a really good year last year. Matthew Meyer, goofy-looking son of a gun. But he tends to improve. The thing with Matthew Meyer, he's like 6'9", can dribble it, can handle it really well, has the ability to shoot it really well, but also has the ability to really shoot you out of a game. That's my take on Matthew Meyer. We'll see how things go this year. Every day, Jonathan Chamwa Chachwa is back with his energy and physicality. The only returning starter is Flo Thumba, the senior. Again, another athletic, physical big down low. May not even start this year. The big name to keep an eye on is Kendall Brown. Incoming freshman, five-star recruit, probably one and done. Long, athletic wing above-the-rim type of player, likely to play good defense. That's what's being expected. James Akinjo is a senior transfer coming in from Arizona. This is his third team in three years. But the guy knows how to play. Akinjo stopped at Georgetown first, and then last year scored what's called 16 points per game and five and a half assists per game for Arizona last season shoots it fine so those are the new players to look out for akinjo kendall brown and then of course the returnees the incumbents for baylor flagler matthew meyer chamwa chachwa and flo thumba baylor will be good I can't tell you how good they're going to be. I think they'll probably finish third behind Texas and Kansas. I'm not as huge of a fan of Matthew Meyer as others tend to be for whatever reason. And there's a real it factor you miss when Jared Butler leaves, when Davion Mitchell takes that bulldog defense out of Waco with him. Same with Mark Vidal. Mark Vidal is the ultimate tone setter for a program. So those are, those are huge it factors. 
And I don't know if Baylor is at the level of a program yet, or if you lose foundational pillars of, of a team like that, if they can just reload and bring in and say, whatever, we can just keep going with the new guys. I don't know that yet. We're all going to find out together. It's the beauty of college basketball. All right. A lot of talking in my part. Would love to hear a lot of opinions from your end. Let me know your thought on the game against Michigan State. Let me know your thoughts on Baylor or don't. It's Baylor. It's Scott Drew still, right? Yes, excellent job. Took that program from the depths of nothing to a national title against an excellent Gonzaga team. Your thoughts on the rest of the country. We've got some really good games coming up also around the country. Even though KU will be playing the underbelly of college basketball the next couple games. Villanova versus UCLA should be really interesting tomorrow. And by tomorrow, I mean Friday the 12th. Yeah, I believe Gonzaga plays Texas tomorrow as well. That's an excellent game. And that one's in Spokane. So we're going to learn a lot about both these. You want to talk about a physical profile? My God, check out the twigs on Chet Holmgren, the number one recruit or whatever, and supposedly one of the top prospects coming out playing at Gonzaga. Remember we were talking about Adonis Arms and his literal Adonis-like arms? Chet Holmgren is the literal 180. I hope that guy is super skilled. And he's got a real knack for the game and an IQ because the physical profile is scary. Look up Chet Holmgren. Look up his arms. I'm not trying to be mean. I, I honestly cannot believe that the physical freaks that we have in basketball now, in the NBA, sure, but even in college basketball, I can't believe this kid's going to hold his own. He's got incredible length, obviously, but good God. He's got needles for arms. Sorry, I'm sounding really mean right now. I should get off the get off the air before things get crazy. Appreciate you listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Kansas does play tomorrow against the Tarletons. Again, don't know their mascot right now. They're favored very heavily at the Fieldhouse. Uh, support the team. Watch the match. Watch the game. Watch the USA-Mexico match as well if you want. And on top of that, woke up Walter. On top of that, take care. Stay cool. And as always, rock job. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.